Welcome, Bird Gang. First and foremost, on this Veterans Day, a heartfelt thank you to all who have served our country. It is certainly appreciated and allows us to do what we do here, and that's talk Cardinals football. So let's do just that. On today's show, it may be the best quarterback matchup of the week, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, and the best wide receiver matchup of the week, DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon Diggs. Those four have been outstanding here through the first half of the season. But first, some good news, and a lot of it. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 349, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So this is a overreaction, I know that, MJ, but it looked like a totally different team out on the practice field earlier today with the amount of new faces, familiar faces returning as far as the constant shuffling of players. But good to see a lot of players back on the field here to officially start the second half of the 2020 regular season. Yeah, and we talked to Kingsbury this morning. We normally do on Wednesdays, and uh, Kyle Odegaard, you know, he got a couple questions in, and I didn't realize the majority of the injuries were on defense, and I think it showed in that game on Sunday against the Dolphins. Well, you're talking about Devon Kennard, Byron Murphy, Dre Kirkpatrick, Jordan Phillips, we know, was not healthy going to that ball game, even though he did suit up and play. Deontay Thompson only played a handful of snaps. In fact, I only think he played two or three. So when you look at what Vance Joseph had to work with, almost amazing that they were able to do as much as they were able to do. Although you ask any player, whoever is starting, those are our starters. The standard is the standard. Buda Baker said that earlier this week. No excuses. You have to utilize the personnel you have and still expect to get stops. Cardinals didn't have enough stops, and obviously they had no takeaways against the Dolphins. Yeah, I understand the Kevin Peterson deal because he's been in the system for a couple of years. We know he dresses on game day uh, more for special teams in depth. And then you look at Bosby, you know, he just got here and he didn't play a whole lot, and they released him. So, I mean, just on paper, getting, you know, Drake or Patrick back, getting Murphy in the slot. Patrick on the outside, Jalen Thompson, you know, knocking off some of the rust last week, and then Buda Baker, and then you got Chris Banjo, Deontay Thompson. So, you know, the way I look at it is that secondary is going to settle down, and I think it only can help the front seven when it comes to getting a pass rush. Knock on wood that the projected starting lineup for week one is what we see here this week in week 10. Because Jalen Thompson, remember, in that first game against the 49ers, only on the field for two snaps. So they really haven't been together as a unit. But good to see, one, Devon Kennard and Byron Murphy both have been activated off the reserve COVID-19 list. So they were on the practice field. We'll see how much rust. I'm sure they try to stay in shape. Don't know exactly how they handled their time off as far as symptoms, what they can, what they can't do. But bottom line, they're working back out on the field. Also, Drake Kirkpatrick 
on the field as well, although officially limited as far as what he was able to do because of that thigh injury. And then from an offensive standpoint, how about running back Kenyon Drake two weeks after suffering at the time looked like a devastating injury. He did hurt his ankle, but obviously not nearly as severe as it looked since he had to be carted off the field and into the locker room. Yeah, I sold on the entire running back position when the open portion of practice and he, he was, he was limited according to the injury report, but he was out there. Um, didn't look like he was favoring the ankle. Uh, obviously he's gotten treatment over the last uh, couple of weeks since the injury. And so that's, that's big. Nothing against Chase Edmonds, but we know, uh, based on the last game and, and obviously Kyler Murray putting up big numbers in the running game and, you know, obviously the rushing touchdowns this year, but, Go back to that one-two punch, and, you know, Murray is a luxury there. And so, you know, I think they missed him. And I'm, I'm a big Chase Edmonds fan. I think he could be in the in the mix for next year. But it's also nice to, when he gets those 15 or 18 uh, touches that you get more out of him versus, you know, maybe 25 carries for 70 yards. And I'm sure he wasn't happy about that. But ultimately, you want to win. But, yeah, as soon as I sent a video out, all these fantasy people are like, I dropped him and I picked up Chase Edmonds. And I'm like, well, sounds like you should fire the GM then because that would be you. Um, but again, it, it, it looked severe. I mean, just the fact that they had to bring out a cart. He had a towel over his head. He was very emotional. And maybe he was just thinking, oh, man, this can't happen to me. I got to play the rest of the year. I'm a free agent after this year, you know. A lot of things go through your mind when you're sitting on that. And then when you're in a locker room, knowing you can't come out and help your team the following week. So that's huge he was on the practice field. Um, and, again, uh, hopefully over the next couple of days he's able to do more. But I did watch him, you know, in training camp. There was talk about a walking boot. None of that was going on today. And I think it's going to really help this team when it comes to running the football. Well, fantasy owners should have been given a hint because we talked about it here on Cardinals Cover 2. Drake was not placed on injured reserve, so that gave you an indication that it was not nearly as serious and maybe he would only miss one or two games. Again, we're here on Wednesday, still several days away before the Cardinals and Bills kick it off on Sunday, so we'll have to wait and see. Also back, or at least designated to return from the injured reserve list, Defensive lineman Rashard Lawrence and offensive lineman J.R. Sweezy. That's good to see. That opens up a 21-day window for these players to practice. Could they return this week? Absolutely, but I don't know. I mean, they've been gone for three-plus weeks, so we'll have to wait and see. The other moves made, cornerback Kevin Peterson placed on injured reserve because of a concussion and the rumored signing of cornerback Jonathan Joseph that general manager Steve Kahn touched on late last week did become official. Now, of course, people are going to want to know, all right, so he signed, he practiced, can he play this Sunday? Technically, I would think he could, MJ. I just don't know. You're talking about one day of practice, two days of practice, three days of practice. Can he learn the system and then all of a sudden be plugged in? But if Kirkpatrick is healthy and ready to go, if Murphy is healthy and ready to go, then maybe Joseph becomes that luxury that you could use or wait another week, especially a short week, considering the Cardinals have to travel to Seattle one week from Thursday. Yeah, and the good news about Joseph, I mean, he's played in a lot of games. He's, he's actually returned seven touchdowns uh, for a pick six, and he also had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. But you just look at him, you know, just the fact that he's 
played in a ton of games. Um, you know, obviously he's a guy that, you know, they're going to trust from a uh, veteran standpoint. He's played in, you know, a couple different systems, but you know, I was told that they just wanted to get younger there in Tennessee. And uh, Dory Jackson has been put on the 53 man roster, but he will not play on Thursday night football. So what happened was, um, the GM basically said we want to get younger at the position. Cardinals were excited about him. Just a really savvy veteran guy. He can play man to man. He can also play a little bit of a shell zone. Um, to me, when you look at depth, um, cause if you get Kirkpatrick back and Peterson obviously there and now Murphy's off the COVID list, that will go a long way. It wouldn't surprise me uh, if he gets an opportunity. Maybe it's next week against the Seahawks. So, but I do think he's, uh, the, he's trending in the right direction. This will be his 15th season or this is his 15th season. Tennessee, Houston and Cincinnati. And it was in Houston in which he was a two-time Pro Bowl selection in 2011 and 2012. And that just so happens to be the same time in which Vance Joseph was the position coach in Houston. So maybe the familiarity as far as terminology or what Joseph likes to do. Jonathan Joseph, who is just brand new, maybe can pick things up a little bit quicker. Now we're talking, you know, eight, nine years ago. Yet, if you're looking for any kind of positives as far as getting him on the field as soon as possible, perhaps that relationship and the fact that they've worked together and know one another could benefit the Cardinals of getting Jonathan Joseph on the field. I mean, considering how long he's been in the league, you talk about a guy that's filled up the stat sheet. 207 games, 192 starts, 784 tackles, 667 solo, fumble recoveries, 32 interceptions. 199 passes defense. So he comes with a good resume. Obviously, people are going to look at the age, but at this point in time, you need depth. And we know what's happened in that secondary. Matter of fact, I'm glad you pointed out Jalen Thompson played two snaps in the game. Um, Buddha didn't play in the Carolina game, and that was the first time they'd been on the field since week one for only two snaps. So I think they're looking for depth there, a guy with experience. And obviously, I'm glad you brought that up does have a connection to Vance Joseph, regardless of how long it was. Jonathan Joseph, 36 years old, but seven games, six starts earlier this season with the Titans. So we'll see if he's able to go this week. I think just a matter of how quickly he picks things up. Now, with regard to the rest of the injury list, nine players did not practice on Wednesday. Never a good thing, although there were a handful of players not injury-related. Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, Corey Peters, all getting the veteran days off. Now, typically, we don't get too concerned when a player does not practice on Wednesday, regardless of who they are. Yet, I don't know, MJ, whenever Buda Baker shows up on the injury report and it's a groin, that would kind of leave me pause. Although you wouldn't have known it when we heard from Baker earlier this week. Yet it is a Wednesday, but something to pay attention to because we know how this team, specifically how this defense looks when Buda Baker is not on the field. Yeah, and, you know, the best thing right now is to get rehab, um, try to get it loose. Um, but he's a gamer. I I guess we'll wait till uh, you know, Friday and des- designation. But, you know, he's a guy that likes to practice. But at this point in time, he's a gamer, and I think he'll be out there. If he's not out there, everything we talked about the secondary would change a little bit just because you're relying on backups now, Jalen Thompson, obviously, he's returned. Uh, I think he's really made major strides. And then Chris Banjo, more of a special teams player. But 
Um, if I had a guess, I mean, growing injuries could linger, um, but this guy I, with treatment and heating it up and loosening it up, um, they're not traveling, so that helps. So for the most part, I don't think it's going to be a game-time decision, but I guess we'll wait for the next 48 hours. Also not practicing on Wednesday, a couple of defensive linemen, Lecky Fotu because of an ankle, and Jordan Phillips because of that hamstring. The good news, as we discussed, Rashard Lawrence is back practicing, so there is an option there. And then on the offensive side, Justin Murray did not practice because of a hand issue. Again, J.R. Sweezy back on the practice field. So perhaps the Cardinals do have some options if those players that did not practice are able or unable to go on Sunday. You've got some guys in the mix. But this is Wednesday, and we know for a fact, I almost can guarantee you this, without even talking to anyone, Jordan Phillips, he is not going to miss this week against his former team, the Buffalo Bills. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, and and basically, you know, with the addition of Josh Morrow, you do have a little bit more of a rotation there with Blackson. Um, you know, we'll see about Lucky. He's a tough guy. And then you throw in Corey Peters. So, you know, just a rotation-wise. But Josh Murrow is a guy that plays like Marcus Golden, a lot of energy, um, familiar with the defense. And the Cardinals were thrilled to bring him back along with Golden. Bird Gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. You know, a couple things that we've been asked about, probably like Robert Alford last year. So let's get out of the way right now. Um, Darren Urban, uh, very astute. Obviously, he, you know, he hears from the fans and they want to know about Eno Benjamin. And I think it's safe to say because he doesn't play on special teams and with Kenyon Drake back and Jonathan Ward dressing on game day, Chase Edmonds obviously is part of that one-two punch. You know, I don't know if we're going to see Eno another injury occurs and I don't see the Cardinals going outside the organization because you have to learn the offense. You know, he was a seventh round pick. I always thought he was going to be a third day guy. Um, so it's just a numbers game for him. Um, obviously everything's filmed in practice, but not playing on special teams is the reason why he hasn't been active. Here's Kingsbury's quote. It's hard to be up, meaning active, if you're not participating in that phase, referring to special teams. He's a talented runner. He had a good camp, and we really like his future here. End quotes. That is head coach Cliff Kingsbury earlier today on Eno Benjamin. I'm glad you brought that up because it has become a topic of conversation weekly, and especially this past week when Kenyon Drake was not active, and you figured, okay, next man up, and it turned out to be DJ Foster and Jonathan Ward that were suited up, and Foster getting uh, in the action as far as offense. But it's it's that special teams. If you're that third running back, you need to be able to do something else than just get on the field and expect a carry or a catch. All right, let's talk about Prince of Makamura because people are wondering, you know, obviously he's a local guy, and that's the reason why we got a lot of questions about, you know, I get it, you watched him in college, you think, you know, he's a plug-and-play guy. But, again, um, he's buried on the depth chart. As for Prince of Makamura, he's on the practice squad. It's a numbers game there, and the only thing we can tell you, the most recent thing was said, He's got to get in a football shape, and he's been here since October. So, again, everything's on film. Uh, we don't get a chance to watch practice. Coaches know what's going on, so I trust their judgment. Well, let's put it this way. I mean, you're not going to play someone who's not ready. If Prince is ready and able to go and he's better than what you have, you're going to play him just because he's a local kid, and I understand it, and it's a great story. I'd love to see him out there. 
But a coach is not holding someone back just because they don't like the kid or they don't like the player or something behind the scenes. You're going to play your best 11 on offense and defense, regardless of who they are, how they got here. So it should tell you, Bird Gang, if Prince is not elevated from the practice squad to the active roster and other players are, that's all you need to know. There's no conspiracy here, MJ. No, and, you know, you're always got to worry about COVID where if a certain position group gets affected, then they have the option. You usually get a press release on Saturday. We're activating this guy from the practice squad. Um, but also, you know, he's deaf, but I, I don't see him getting on the active roster anytime soon. So let's move forward then here and talk about week 10 Cardinals and Bills, perhaps at least from my standpoint, when you look at the two quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, maybe the matchup to watch for here this week on Sunday because not only two of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, but very young. Allen in his third season and Murray in his second season, and we know what these two players can do, and it'll be good to see it from Josh Allen because, let's face it, when you're in the AFC, sometimes you're forgotten about, especially here in Arizona. And as much as we enjoyed Kyler versus Tua, I'm expecting fireworks this Sunday between Kyler and Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Buffalo got it right. I don't know if the Giants are, are thrilled with Daniel Jones, got a new coach. You know, they're going to have a high pick. And then you look at Sam Darnold, uh, you know, a guy that obviously struggling. Um, wouldn't surprise me if they go with Flacco, but they got to find out. So, yeah, on paper. And then, you know, Tua's playing against the Chargers, so Justin Herbert there. Another matchup, young quarterbacks in the same draft class, and, and they're all going to be tied to each other. You know, you go back to last year's class with Kyler Murray and, and Daniel Jones, and, and you start looking at, you know, some of the different uh, selections. But, you know, again, if, if the Cardinals are going to play the Bills in the postseason, it's going to have to be at the end of the year. But both are trending in the right direction. But, yeah, he's, he's a big physical guy. When you look at him, you think he's more of a pocket passer, but he, he's really – uh, embraced upstate New York, uh, recently lost his grandmother, and they raised over $300,000, not only Bills fans. And last year, uh, when Cincinnati knocked out a certain team, the Bills got into postseason, and they donated money to his foundation. So the Bills Mafia, they do a really good job supporting their team. It's a blue-collar town. They root for the Sabres and Bills, and you can see he's gravitated. And coming out of college, a lot of people didn't think about the accuracy thing, but I think he's definitely improved. He is a franchise quarterback. Well, the improvement is phenomenal and needs to be talked about. 58% last year and right now through nine games, 67.1%. You don't see quarterbacks typically improve that much as far as their completion percentage and their accuracy. You're either accurate or you're not. But what he's been able to do, I think, shows how much work he put into the offseason. And then earlier today, named AFC Offensive Player of the Week for what he did against the Seahawks, 415 yards and four total touchdowns. So Allen is coming in here on a hot streak. Well, and it's the connection with Brian Dayball, who's from West Seneca, New York. So he obviously grew up in that area. He understands, and he's done a really good job with him. Um, good play caller. Um, this team is on the rise. I, I don't think it's a surprise that they're leading the division right now. I know everyone's thinking that Miami can make a run. Uh, they're going to have to obviously overtake the Bills. But Dayball, he's a good play caller, and you can see they're on the same page, and they kind of came in together in Buffalo, so it makes a lot of sense the success they're having across the board. 
Besides the passing, I saw this note on Next Jets when you look at these two quarterbacks. Kyler Murray and Josh Allen lead the NFL in pressure evaded rate. In other words, layman terms, they're the two most elusive quarterbacks in all of the NFL. Murray, you get that. But Josh Allen, just because of how big he is and just the stature that he has, you wouldn't expect that out of him. He's a lot more mobile and athletic than I think anyone gave him credit for coming out of Wyoming. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And to me, you know, once he got the accuracy uh, figured out from last year to this year, and I'm glad you pointed out the numbers, I always thought, you know, how is he going to affect him in Buffalo? You know, because, you know, the weather gets obviously the four seasons there, you know, fall becomes winter. And then all of a sudden the, the, the swirling wind in that stadium. And I thought this guy's got the same arm strength as, as Jim Kelly. Now he's breaking records, not only Jim Kelly's records, but Jack Kemp back in the day where they played at War Memorial Stadium, which the natural was filmed at. So, uh, they're going down a history lane here. You know, when I was there was Joe Ferguson and, you know, Frank Wright was there. Uh, Rob Johnson was there. So it's, it's amazing the numbers he's putting up in a short amount of time. You would have thought Jim Kelly taking him to four Super Bowls. Obviously, he didn't get a win, but he's a Hall of Famer. Um, but he's breaking all kinds of records in a short amount of time with the Buffalo Bills. All right. Now he has the third most passing yards in all of the National Football League. He has five 300 passing yard days. He didn't have any coming into this season, and two of those performances are for over 400 yards, so he can certainly sling it. The one question mark that NFL Network Michael Robinson brought up last night on Total Access when they highlighted this matchup was the Bills' four-minute offense. Can you, with a lead, can you work the ball slowly, work that clock, because they, they've been slinging it a lot, and typically when it works well, it's awesome, but if you're not successful, then all of a sudden it's you're stopping the clock, you're incomplete passes, the offense is getting off the field, the defense has to go back on, they're getting tired, and then you're allowing your opponent to get back into the ball game. So how do the Bills close games? It hasn't been an issue yet, but that is something that perhaps they need to work on as far as not only this week, but this entire season. Yeah, they've had leads, and, and some of those leads have dissipated in the fourth quarter now. They've been able to prevail uh, sitting there at 7-2. and two. They lost a two-quality team so far. So, but, again, I, I think they're for real, and I think they showed that Sean McDermott was the good, uh, you know, the right hire, defensive-minded head coach, spent a lot of time in Philadelphia behind the late Jim Johnson, and then he was with Ron Rivera in Carolina, and he became the head coach there. So I, and Leslie Frazier doesn't get enough credit. He's the defensive coordinator. You know, Sean McDermott's the head coach, but I'm sure he's involved in the game plan. And, you know, it's one of those deals you hit the headset and say, let's bring the blitz on this guy or let's wrap him up here. So they got a really good uh, coordinators and a head coach. And I really like their, their GM, uh, Billy Bean from a standpoint of they've really went out and they invested a first round pick on Stefan Diggs. You know, the Cardinals offered a two and a five and they, threw back a four for next year. So when you look at the number one wide receivers in football and Diggs and, and Hopkins are ranked in the top five when it comes to yardage, Hopkins is, you know, didn't have a great game last week. Unfortunately, they lost, but he's fifth overall. I want to say Diggs is number one when it comes to the wide receivers. 
He is. He leads the league in receptions and receiving yards, and that was a category that DeAndre Hopkins was sitting atop until this past week. That's the other intriguing dynamic of this matchup between the Cardinals and Bills, not just the quarterbacks, but who the quarterbacks are throwing to their number one wide receivers, and perhaps that's why Allen has had so much success on the Bills' side. And we know Murray loves throwing to DeAndre Hopkins, but this is going to be a fascinating matchup. No, they don't play against one another, but you know there's that internal competition amongst wide receivers. They all want to outdo the other, and I'm sure that there's going to be the game within the game, if you will, as far as Hopkins and Diggs, because right now it's Hopkins looking up at Diggs with respect to their individual numbers, and right now I'm sure Hopkins would love not only to be in front, but obviously come away with the win. Yeah, and Pro Football Focus came out with their midseason team, and DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams were on number one. Buda Baker, maybe because they missed the game, he was second team, didn't see any other Cardinals on there. Now, let's say get your popcorn out when it comes to a guy like Patrick Peterson covering Diggs. Now, we don't know that for sure. Diggs does line up in the slots. So that would be Murphy's uh, responsibility. Uh, I, I don't know if they would have Kirkpatrick over there. I think you would flip sides. But I looked it up. In three games, Patrick Peterson against Stefan Diggs, 18 targets, 11 catches for 82 yards, zero touchdowns. He's never had more than 37 yards in all three contests. So once again, 11 catches, 82 yards, zero touchdowns. So I'm assuming Patrick Peterson is looking forward to this matchup. Now, last week he was thrown out a little bit, um, and obviously teams are not going to shy away especially you would think with a young quarterback. But I think as the game went on, Tua got a lot more comfortable, a lot more confident, and he wasn't afraid to throw to his side. Diggs averages just over 90 receiving yards per game, and he's on a six-game streak of at least six catches. So you know Josh Allen is going to look his way regardless of who is over there covering him. But this is something that we kind of, as fans, love to see when you have two of the best at their respective positions, talking about Hopkins and Diggs, and they were acquired on the same day. That's the that's the funny part is this all goes back to March 16th. Cardinals from the Texans, and then obviously the Vikings giving up Diggs to the uh, Buffalo Bills, and now you've seen what these two teams have done with these true number one wide receivers. They've lifted up the entire organization to where now you're talking about teams in the playoff mix here to begin the second half of the season. Yeah, and, and I, I think Cooper Cup's one of the best slot receivers, but Cole Beasley, he, he puts up numbers. And then you got John Brown. We know he can take the top off the defense, but Diggs, is, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. He can run the slant route. He can run the out route. He can go over the top. Um, so, yeah, and you normally don't see number one wide receivers get traded. And, again, I, we need to mention Cardinals give up a two and a five, and they'll throw a four uh, in next year's draft. Bills give up a first-round pick. And so you start looking at the pecking order. All of a sudden now, does he does he get teams to bracket him? So that's going to open things up for Beasley, who's been there with Josh Allen. And then you got John Brown. You know, he, he obviously is a guy that can do a lot of different things. And then – when it comes to Andre Roberts, when they go, they go four wide. I think they, they lead the league in four wide. And that means they want to spread you out because they know he can sit in the pocket and make the throws. If not, and Andre Roberts has really excelled, made the Pro Bowl last year as a kick returner and a punt returner. And he was a free agent 
and they decided to bring him back. So it's interesting that a couple former Cardinals will be in that game. Um, so you, Cardinals got to be on their P's and Q's when it comes to the return game because Andre Roberts, he's not afraid to take it out of the end zone. And then a lot of times, Craig, when I watch the Bills before the Cardinals games because they play earlier and sometimes they're on national TV, he gets to like the 35 or 40 yard line. So a first down, they're at midfield already. Yeah, he's their kick returner and punt returner, talking about former Cardinal Andre Roberts. And then John Brown, smoke, he's coming off a season-best, eight catches, 99-yard performance. And the other similarity between these two wide receivers, Hopkins and Diggs, is what they've meant to the rest of the wide receivers. John Brown getting targeted a lot more. Cole Beasley having a good season. On the flip side, Hopkins, yes, number one. But what Christian Kirk has done this season over the last – couple of games, and then there's Larry Fitzgerald as well. You can't focus or you can't stop everybody. So if you focus on just holding or containing a Hopkins and Diggs, someone else is going to have to rise up and step up to the challenge, and that's exactly what has happened for both the Cardinals and Bills this season. Yeah, and I, I would think based on Hopkins maybe not getting targeted as much, um, he's going to be a go-to guy, and you don't want to force it because Tredavious White, is one of the best corners in football. I mean, we talked about Stephon Gilmore last year. He was in that same conversation playing the same division. Tredavious White's a stud. So I'm curious to see if they put Tredavious White on hop because then you're going to have to open up. And, again, I, you know, it's kind of interesting that two of the Cardinals' touchdowns last week came from Jarrell Daniels, give him credit for, you know, fighting for that ball, and Max Williams – and that's something I don't think we counted on going into that game. We, we know they're going to go with 11 and 12 personnel. Daniels has definitely improved in his blocking. Uh, a couple of games ago, he dropped the ball, had a bad penalty. So some of those mental errors, but, and then Dan Arnold, he can be a matchup issue if, if he can get down the seam. So we got to include those tight ends and Buffalo throws at our tight ends too. You know how I feel. It's an easy pass over the middle with a guy that's six, four or six, five versus a guy like Kyler Murray, but Murray obviously finds his weapons. And I don't think Murray's forced to go one direction. If you're open, he's going to throw it to you. But obviously you want to get Hopkins involved early. And one thing I really like over the last month or so, you know, uh, they're three and two. If you want to go back five games, loses to the Panthers and Dolphins, they are targeting Larry Fitzgerald more. That's right. And it's certainly shown it's not so many catches. It's when those catches are happening And I liked what head coach Cliff Kingsbury had to say with respect to Hopkins and Diggs. Quote, they know what the other one is doing this season. And he believes that each one wants to, quote, put on a show coming up on Sunday. It reminds me of when Magic Johnson and Larry Bird were back in their heyday. Maybe Bird Gang, I'm showing my age here and I need to come up with a more recent example. But because they never played one another a lot during the season. It was always the playoff matchups. Well, Magic Johnson always said the first thing he did the next day was open up the newspaper. That's right. That's when they had newspapers. Check out the box score. What did Larry Bird do? Because at the time, it was Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, 1A, 1B. And it almost sounds like that's what this matchup is. Hopkins, if he gets 10 targets and 8 catches, then Diggs is going to say, hey, I need 9 catches. But at the end of the day, of course, everyone wants to be able to win. But that's going to be fascinating to see. And if cameras catch it, how many times maybe the respective wide receivers are tapping the head coach on the shoulder and saying, hey, uh, I'm open. Of course, we know every wide receiver is open. 
Yeah, and, you know, we always talked about Julio and, and Mike Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, Mike Evans doesn't get targeted as much, uh, you know, with Chris Godwin, who's been hit and miss uh, injury-wise, obviously to throw in the Gronk. Um, and then Scotty Miller's kind of their deep that. But, you know, um, Devontae Adams has missed games. Mike Thomas has missed games. So really, at the end of the day, it's probably going to be the same guys we're talking about when it comes to the top five wide receivers right now, barring some kind of injury. So for the most part, you know, it's a little bit different conversation because some of these guys haven't played. So right now, Diggs, 813 yards. DK Metcalf, 788. Travis Kelsey, receiving yards, 769. Robbie Anderson, good free agent pickup for the Panthers, 751. And there's Hop, 734. So you may – the tight end, Metcalf clearly is going to go over a thousand yards, and all, all the other three guys will go over a thousand yards. The only thing for Hop, he wants more touchdowns. That's true. <laughs> He's only got three this season, and that is second on the team because Christian Kirk, as we talked about on yesterday's show, doubling that with six. So yeah, every everyone wants to catch, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I'm not getting the targets and the catches now. Feature me when we get inside the red zone and throw to me when we're close to scoring. That's, and he's that's been when the close. money is made. Yes. Right. It, we, we saw some deep throws and sometimes he got stopped at the one yard line. You know, at that point, you're just trying to score. And we know Kyler Murray's very effective with his ball in the hand at any time in the red zone, including the, when you're within the five yard line. Really looking forward to this with respect to the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. And when we hear from Vance Joseph tomorrow, we'll kind of get more into the weeds as far as how this Cardinals defense might kind of not stop. I don't think you can stop what the Bills have done, but you just want to be able to limit how successful they have been as far as throwing the football with respect to Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs and everyone else. Yeah, And, and I think if we're going to focus so much on the wide receivers, I think you got to look at the defensive backs because they're going to have their work cut out, whether it's the Cardinals and, you know, clearly if you get Kirkpatrick, you will know they're turning in the right direction. Murphy's been cleared. Kirkpatrick's been dealing with an injury. You got Patrick Peterson. Then we got Tredavious White. And then, you know, you look at uh, uh, their safeties, Buffalo, they, they come down the box and they hit. So, you know, obviously you focus on the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, but, if B-Train was doing the show with us, he said, you better talk about the defense. So uh, really three big um, position battles. And we know, Craig, over the years we've learned what is football all about, matchups. Bird Gang, make sure you subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. As we continue here on this Wednesday, Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Want to go back to how we started today's show as far as talking about practice and how many faces we saw, different faces as far as guys returning, whether off of COVID-19 or because of injury. Yes, there were several players, as we alluded to, that were not on the field due to injury. But if you had a chance to hear what Christian Kirk had to say earlier today, MJ, talking about how this team was so devastated and frustrated coming off that loss to Miami on Sunday, maybe it lingered a little bit on Monday, certainly did for the fan base going into Tuesday. But Kirk talked about a short-term memory that this team has and added that there was, quote, great energy 
on the practice field. And to me, yes, it's a Wednesday. Let's see it on Sunday. But to be able to kind of put the bad behind you in the rear view mirror, it's not easy to do, but we got to take Kirk at his word that this team has put that loss behind them and is now focusing on officially the second half of the regular season. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that, and even going back to Kyler adjusting the media today, it sounds like, you know, now that he's had a chance to kind of cool down and reflect, you know, he, he's, he'll get better in these press conferences. I didn't have an issue with it. Um, but when you're the face of the franchise, you become the CEO and, you know, you got to represent the franchise, but we know how, how much he hates to lose. I'm sure a lot of guys do. Some guys wear it a little bit longer than others, but you know, Kyler sat there and answered all the questions today. It's interesting when you ask him about opposing team though, and their defense, he gives you nothing. It's like, and, and again, this started in week one. It's like, it's, it's more about us, not the opponent. Now, when you play a team twice a year, you, you kind of figure out who they are. You know, you, you, you look at different matchups, but. Um, not that they're not just they're not respecting the bills, but it's like it's more about what we do will dictate if we're going to be victorious or not. He is so confident in his ability and his teammates that he believes that if they do talking about the Cardinals, what they are supposed to do and execute, that there is no team that can beat them. That's just how he is. That's his mindset. And yes, as far as the beat writers and the talking heads, when you look at matchups, you kind of want to get the quarterback's perspective on what the Bills do well and what they don't do well. That's just not what Kyler Murray does because in his mind, it doesn't matter what they do. What do we do? That will dictate the outcome on Sunday. And I think this maybe came from the head coach when they addressed the media. Like, don't, like, somebody was asking about scheme today and they're like, uh, we're not going to talk about scheme, you know, we're, you know, so I get it. And, and maybe that's because last year was a little bit different. Obviously, when you talk to a coordinator or a head coach, you know, Cliff obviously is looking at the Bills defense, but he's well aware of Diggs. He's well aware of Josh Allen, you know, so, um, but for the most part, but, you know, I, I liked his demeanor today. Um, he knows what's at stake and uh, it's, it's refreshing to hear that, you know, there's energy in the practice field because, how you practice is how you're going to perform carryover on game day. Here's what Murray had to say when asked about, you know, how much energy and the bouncing back. Quote, I don't want to get used to this cycle of losing and then being underdogs and getting hyped and then coming out here against a good team and try to play. That's not what I want to get into. I want to win every week. And then he later added, we just got to be better about locking in, understanding that we can't take any opponent lightly or take any game for granted, end quote. We talked about this after the Lions and Panthers game. Let's hope that these lessons are learned this time as they begin week 10. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you never want to say they hopefully they learn something because it's happened a couple times this year, Detroit game. Uh, the Panthers game, they came out flat. They admitted that they didn't take them, quote, serious. Um, but here, I mean, you're playing against quality opponents. This team needed playoffs last year. So uh, you better bring your A game. And we talk about complimentary football. One thing we look in these losses for the Cardinals, Craig, they have to learn how to finish. You know, they, they had every opportunity to either tie that game or go to overtime um, or possibly win it. 
if they would have got, you know, more than three points, but they got to learn how to finish. And some of these games have come down to the fourth quarter. And if you watch the NFL, if you're within striking distance, I mean, we have teams come back from 16 and 17 down. The Cardinals were down at 10 at the half. They scored 10 points in the third quarter, but they gave up 14 in the fourth quarter to the Dolphins. So, yeah, I mean, they got to learn how to finish. And that's what good teams do. You know how I feel. Good teams find ways to win. And last year, they only won five games, lost 10 and tie. And sometimes bad teams find ways to lose. I think they've definitely taken a step in the right direction. Finishing and complementary football. In other words, if the Bills score, you better counter. If if the defense gets a, a turnover or, you know, gets good field position, you got to capitalize on that stuff. And that's exactly what they were doing during the three-game winning streak and yes. not so much on Sunday against the Dolphins. Before we leave you here on this Wednesday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals Bird Gang, we want to give a tip of the cap to Justin Pugh. He is the Arizona Cardinals 2020 Salute to Service Award team nominee, obviously here on Veterans Day, but Pugh recognized for his work and support with a military organization called MVP. He's made military-based visits and participated in virtual events, not only this season, but throughout his entire career. The finalists will be announced in January and then the winner during the NFL Honors later that same month. Yeah, and, and, you know, obviously his background, military with family, uh, they had a nice little write-up on him and uh, well-deserved. And there's 32 nominees, obviously one from each team. And I think once we get to the postseason, if not the Super Bowl, that's when they'll make the announcement. On that note, Bird Gang, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.